Welcome back to the Rhubarb and Custard podcast. I'm Jojo Smith, aka Rhubarb. And I'm Rosie Wood, aka Custard. This podcast is all about business, branding, confidence and wonky crowns. It's a safe, unapologetic space for business owners and wannabe business owners. If you want to take part in the conversation and help us figure out whether rhubarb is in fact a fruit or a vegetable, you can find us on Instagram at underscore rhubarb and custard. Either way, we're good for you. Good morning, puddings. We are back for another week. It's rhubarb and custard plus one we have a we have a guest in the house today in the house we're not all in the same house but I wish we were um that would be a fun entertaining um <laughs> curious situation I think <laughs> so we are back this week um with a guest as I've said but I'm not going to tell you about that today that's going to be a surprise today is full of surprises um because I am hosting the birthday of an 18 year old but we'll talk about that in our catch-up Rosie how's your week been this week, I haven't got any client work on this week. So it's been one of those kind of like what else needs doing kind of weeks. And the big, the the like the massive tick on my to-do list is finishing my little micro book. And it's one of those things, it's literally been like hanging over me for I say hanging over me, that sounds really negative, doesn't it? But like it's oh, been what? on the to-do list for like a really long time. Um, so I'm determined before the end of October that it will be finished and it will be done and I can finally put a tick in that box but I've discovered I can only write in the dark <laughs> what, with a glowworm pen <laughs> I um I messaged Abigail Hall yesterday and she's like I think you might be our first vampire writer <laughs> so yeah so that's been a bit tricky because I've got a two-year-old at the moment who hasn't slept since I don't know early September sometime so it's been really tricky because what I would normally do is get up early and use like an hour or so in the morning but it's been yeah so it's been fun finding that balance but I'm determined it will happen even if I need to go and book like a night in a hotel somewhere away from the non-sleeping toddler to get it done it's going to happen so yeah so that's me at the moment I'm taking off all the other boxes have you seen the film misery no (laughs) you know where he goes off to write my life at the moment isn't it (laughs) (laughs) where he goes off to write his book in a hotel doesn't he He goes to finish it I can 100% relate because I've got a big book to do and it needs to be in by not that I know the date, but it needs to be in by the fifth of December. Um, and I'm only three three chapters in, and literally it is killing me, and it's like walking through treacle because I'm just not good at putting the written word down. I can talk, but actually putting the written word down, it's a nemesis, and I am really struggling with it. But I am determined, like you, to get it done. Maybe I'll try writing in the dark. Maybe that'll work. Yeah. Yeah, I need to get some. I mean, today's quite a, it's quite a miserable dark day here today. So I'm thinking maybe after this, I might try just like close curtains, turn the lights off and light a candle and see if I can trick myself into thinking it's three o'clock in the morning. Who knows? Maybe it'll work. (laughs) I'm trying to think of what you could put on the telly to to trick your brain into thinking it's night time. Put the news at 10. (laughs) We can, our brain believes what we tell it. Um, so <laughs> let's just tell it it's midnight. So yeah, so I'm in the same boat, but procrastinating, like doing all the things to not write the book, which is ridiculous. Um, but I know a lot of people suffer with it. Also had the sassy nugget dip. Have we spoke since then? Um, we must have done because we must have done. That was last Tuesday. So yeah, we must have done that, but had an influx of people wanting to do the Sassy Nugget Dip, which for those that don't know, it's about uh, cold water therapy, mindset and breath work, the Wim Hof way. Um, And just had loads of people um, come forward that want to do that. Because obviously Abigail Horn, as you just mentioned, um, she did it and the words were life-changing. So if you haven't explored it or you haven't gone and had a look at it, definitely go and do that. We did talk about it because we talked about but we talked about guy in the cold showers that he's still oh, doing. Yeah. It. So we I did. do remember now. And then today is all about becoming the mum <clears throat> of adult children only. And today Jess turns 18. 
have a huge surprise to give her and I can't wait and I've got to wait till four o'clock this afternoon when she gets home from school but this doesn't go out till Friday so actually I can speak about it on here because it will be locked away until she actually knows so I have got a very big surprise to give to her I didn't know what I was going to do and I've actually decided I'm going to go and have a mum and daughter trip in the Big Apple NYC, and I can't bloom in wait to that tell her. I'm sure. Can I, can I come in your suitcase? 100%, 100% <laughs> income in my suitcase. Because you know what? I've been to New York before, but I went with my sister and she knew what she was doing. And she hit the ground running. And I'm a little bit like, am I going to be a little bit like a rabbit in the headlights this time? Yeah. Because I've got to be the adult. <laughs> And <laughs> I don't do adulting very well, as you know. I like to think that I'm five or seven. So, um, yeah, a little bit nervous about that. But you know what? It's about it's all about going out of your comfort zone, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So that's our catch up on for our next surprise, which, again, oh, do you know what? Life is just full of excitement in this world that I live in, and I am very grateful. I am very excited for the fact that we have a very special guest today. We have someone that was in Rosie's world before she was in my world. And I had the, and Rosie used to talk about this person a lot, very positively. <laughs> um, I used to hear this person that, this person this, this person does this, this person is that. And literally was definitely, would you say one of your mentors, Rosie? Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah. So do you want to introduce this person? I can do. <laughs> all I'm gonna say is like you've hyped it into something that's got a little bit weird now. <laughs> no, no, it's not weird at all. It's because I'm a little bit in awe of this person because when I actually met her, I was excited to meet her. And I met her at Ideas Fest, ended up sitting in her child seat in the back of her car, which was a fun situation, let me tell you. We kept getting lost, but we had the most fun, and I don't think we realized the connection we actually had. And and it was just phenomenal. But you met you met this person through working with her um, early on. And yeah, go go ahead, have the joy because I'm just a bit fangirling. <laughs> yeah, so I can't remember the first time. I, I can't remember how I came across you. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm really aware that to this point, you just said this person, this person. <laughs> yeah, because I'm keeping I can't it remember how I first came across this person. But anyway, I then went on and invested in um, a course called The Agency, which at the time was a nine month course. I think it's longer now, though, isn't it? At the time, it was a nine month course. So it was like a big chunk of time that we worked together. And we had one to ones in that time. We had group sessions, we had homework sessions, and just a huge amount of content that during that period and since has made a huge impact in my business, in my knowledge, in my skill set, in how I work with my clients and how I teach them. Like just generally all of the things that you need um, that you need to know as a business owner, whether you outsource those things or not, things that you need to understand as a business owner. So I feel like we should curtsy at this point. I <laughs> like, I'm starting to cry. I'm trying to sit here quiet. <laughs> <laughs> so oh I'm my not, god, this I'm... is the biggest lead up I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even quite sure how to introduce you, other than all round business and social media guru. <laughs> running multi six, running multi six figure business, running a multi six figure business, and her and her team have only worked a four day week for the last four years, and she took August off for the first time. Oh, year. you read my bio. <laughs> <laughs> well, I knew you had August off because you spent some of it with me. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so we have the fabulous because I don't think we've even said your name. We have. Inga Hunter in the house on Ruth. This, this has been a long time in the making because we kind of approached Inga just on the last season, but dates didn't work out. Mm. But I think that was actually meant to be because I think we were meant to meet for you to then come on the show so that we'd actually had our playtime together, which we definitely had playtime. So mm. Inga Hunter, you're with Ruth and Custard. I know. <laughs> That's been a game, but you've already made me giggle. You've made me cry. 
All right, job done then. See you later. <laughs> we have this effect. The Rhubarb and Custard podcast has been known for people to say, this is the best podcast I've ever been on. Abigail Horn left and was like, right, we need to make this into a TV show. This needs to be the next Loose Women because we do have fun. It's not It's not stiff. It's not. Yeah. Uh, there's a little bit of structure to it because obviously we want our listeners to go away and have had some value because we bring people on that we aspire to um, be as good as in our industry and those that have brought value to us. Um, this this podcast is all about business branding, confidence and wonky crowns. And Inga, I would say you can touch on all of those topics. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so for the listeners, for those of you that haven't been in Inga's world, um, Inga, tell us who you are and what you do in your words. Oh, the spiel. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm a, I own three digital marketing companies. I used to describe myself as a digital marketing strategist, but now I think it's more founder rather than a specific thing. Um, but I started my business journey when I was 17 and I was homeless and I used to sell cocktails on the streets to make money. And since then, it's grown. So that grew into a mobile cocktail bar. That grew into an events company, that grew into a wedding planning company. All the time I was um, growing my businesses through social media, part lining in a uh, marketing agency, and I did a marketing degree. And after a while, there was one moment actually where um, this bride asked me the, whether she should choose duck egg blue cushions or light blue cushions. And when you're getting married, like that's the biggest decision of your whole life. But I was a bit like, what the hell have I come to? I don't want to spend my time with these people, with these decisions. Um, And people had been asking me at the time how I was getting clients through social media. So I sort of started helping people in the wedding industry and um, grew it from there, really. So I used to do social media for people and then moved into, for corporates and small businesses, then moved into consulting and then set up my program, one of the, just the agency, which Rosie did, because I just, I really want to help people, entrepreneurs change the world, like we actually do, and we do, do. and um, even if it's just changing the people around you, and making, if you're following your own kind of guidance and like own inner compass then you can impact the other people around you so I want to make sure that as many people that I come into contact with and touch with um I can help them do what they're doing more successfully and uh, that's all generally through marketing um because marketing is like 80% of your business it should be 80% of business activities everything you just said like I always write down a few notes whenever we can see you I'm like, these are the things that I think the listeners will hear and we need to go back to because you just did a whistle-stop tour as if all <laughs> that just happened in the in the click of a finger. And, you know, really easy. It's um, a spiel. I don't know. <laughs> but that's the story and that's your story. Yeah. And we won't go deep into, like, all of the areas. But we do have to touch on the fact that the listeners are going to hear you went from homeless to several businesses multi-six figure and we've had a little bit of what was in between and it's up to you how much you know we delve into the areas of but I remember my first um my first introduction to you actually it wasn't with Rosie I saw you on the Danny Wallace show I think it was and you spoke yeah it was ages ago in lockdown like deep in lockdown and I remember hearing your cocktail story and I was like, oh, my goodness, that was like really serious entrepreneurship in its mm-hmm. infancy, but mm-hmm. genius into what you did. And you you changed like um, people's experience in the student world. Do you know what I mean? So can you just <laughs> give us a little bit about that? Because I think that's really interesting for people to see of where you were, what you did. It was just an idea, but you saw something and you're like, you know what? I can make a difference there. Well, it wasn't about me. I didn't think in my head I'd make a difference. I was thinking in my head I need to make some money. <laughs> but in the same sense, though, it was need, it was demand, wasn't it? Yeah, in the same, fulfilling in the demand. Same way? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. So um, I 
Well, yeah. I mean, I was at college when I was homeless. I got four pounds a week to live on and the return bus to college was three pounds 20. So I needed to make some money somehow. And I knew I could get my hands on some alcohol on a sale return basis. Everyone knows how to get alcohol when they're under 18. So I'm not going to go into that. Um, So I used to bottle up um, Long Island iced teas and shitty cocktails like that, put them in. Sorry if you like that. But when, I mean, it is, it is. I actually do. I actually do. I don't mind a Long Island iced tea. (laughs) But wait, you know, it's just a bunch of shit. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's the selling point, isn't it? Yeah. How many liquors would you like? Coke. I mean, I'm a bit of a lightweight when it comes to drink anyway, but one Long Island iced tea, I'm done. That's but it's my spirits in it. It's mad. <laughs> well, I used to bottle them up, put them in milkshake cartons and um, go out in the evenings when people were queuing up for clubs or in particular when they were queuing up for like, their Mabel's was like big season for me. Um, go down the queue and be like, oh, do you want a drink while you're waiting? <laughs> These plastic bags full of (laughs) classy, and I'd sell them for fifteen pounds, and someone would buy it. I'd be like, "Oh, don't you want to buy one for your friends?" (laughs) Um, Even though you know, when you get like, especially the um, prom things, when they get in, it's all free. um, When they get in there, but their need was in the queue right there and then. And actually, I did this in Cambridge, and Cambridge is one of the only cities in the world in the country. Sorry. But you're legally allowed to drink on the streets because of the university. So it wasn't massively illegal. I was just underage and unlicensed. So, yeah, but do you know what? From there. You, you, you were an entrepreneur. You thought on your feet. And there, yeah. there was a difference for you. It needed to make a difference financially for you. And we have so many people that do listen to this show that are at a part of their business where because they'll either be in a job and their business is their side hustle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where they're like, it may be at that at that moment where they're like, I need to make, I need to make immediate money. Or some of them have left and they're in their business and they they need to make immediate money. And I think so many people think that that isn't possible, but oh, it, is. it is. Yeah, you have to really, really understand what their acute need is at that moment. So their need at that moment in the queue, for example is not that they need alcohol. It's not that they need a long island iced tea. It's not that they're thirsty. It's that they want to show off to their friends and they're bored and they've got itchy feet for their, for the night ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and they're, they're ready to party. Yeah. They're ready to start to party. So it's about looking at that. And, I mean, your marketing at that point was you saying, do you want? <laughs> yeah. Well, I go down the queue, I'd be like, mate, the queue's really long. Like, enhance their pain. <laughs> They're really not letting anyone in for a good hour. You're going to be stood here for ages. Yeah. I know you're not going to go anywhere, so do you want a drink? Oh, yeah, yeah, good idea. <laughs> of course it's a good idea. It's a good idea. Yeah. And the thing is, you say enhance the pain. And, like, when I used to work in sales, they used to say sell on fear, which I didn't like selling on fear. Do you know what I mean? Because that was a if it might happen or whatever. But mm. you were saying, look, the queue is long this is happening. I'm here. I can cure this pain for yeah. you. I yeah. mean, we are English. We do like a cue, but yeah. <laughs> in the same sense, um, you know, you did do that. So mm. then you went from, you went from that. And then how did the next transition, we're not going to go through the whole journey, but I just want to go from the transition to that. What, what took you to the next point of the business? Oh, so um, I got, I turned 18 and I did get licensed and um, I went to work in the bar that I was getting there sell a return alcohol from and over the counter we used to get people asking like oh could you come do my party blah 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 the guy who owned the bar really wasn't bothered because it's like loads of expenses and can be bothered so I was just like yeah I'll do it (laughs) yeah sure I'll do it went on Amazon and bought a um metal bar got out credit card bought out this metal bar for 900 pounds it was really fucking heavy and um then just started sometimes just saying like yes to things you see something like yeah Sure, I can do it, figuring it out afterwards. Yeah. I think you just hit my tag. Well, we don't need to do the rest <laughs> of it. <Yeah>. Uh, <laughs> just say yes. That's that's it. That's what I'm trying to say. It's yeah. just say yes. Yeah. yeah. Figure out the details afterwards. Yeah. yeah. If you know, even if you completely fuck it up, at least you're giving it a go and you can just say, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 like, here's your money back. <laughs> <laughs> Quite often. 
often people don't know that that's even an option that if you fuck it up so you know just go into it thinking well if I do it's okay I'm just gonna own it and I mean we talk Mm. that hits the wonky crown situation because everybody's human at the end of the day and Mm. just go in there with the expectation that something may go wrong do you know what I mean and so if it does you're okay with that because I think too many of us and too many business owners that are ready to start um aren't ready to start because they're not ready to have that wonky crown moment and they just keep pushing it down well I'll be ready when I'll be ready when I'll be ready when and they're 27 courses down the line Mm. and they're still not out there actioning anything Mm. um I spoke to a a potential new client yesterday I'm not talking about you um miss new client but in some aspects you know this it's it's a it's a standard procedure with people that are too scared to actually take that leap so we've spoke about i mean there's 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 such adversity to triumph with your story and when we got to know each other i was just like you you literally bowled me over and when you just said about creating an impact and everything else, you know you said when you wanted to do the agency and everything yeah. else that <laughs> Impact is big for me on my radar at the moment because when you are an entrepreneur, finding something that you love to do and that you know is giving your soul more fulfillment than duck egg blue cushions, right? Yeah. That gives you the power and the passion to push through the hard times in your business because let's face it, being an entrepreneur, you made it sound really easy in that in that spiel of, you know, that that Roger Bannister spiel that you did in less than four minutes, do you know what I mean, that has been your life. Yeah. It's, you you kind of went that through that really quickly, but it can be really hard being an entrepreneur. Oh. And you have to have the passion. And I, I'm very passionate about the fact that you need to be doing something that you absolutely love. So mm. the marketing side of that, what where's because I want people to hear about the transformation with marketing in the sense of if you don't do it this is going to happen if you do do it this can happen and that I'm guessing is part of what you love about what you do well if you don't do it no one knows you exist it's easy (laughs) if you do do it people do know you exist That's very black and white now it is (laughs) it's simple for you but so many people don't and entrepreneurs and business owners Mm. don't think about that and they also think I'll post something once and job done yeah no 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 it's like no I like to say it's like um you have to think about the world as like the like the excel center in London like it's massive like if we took a a portion of the population and put them in there just wandering around like um sims or something and you have to go around and you have to tell as many people as possible about what it is that you do. Otherwise, you know, tapping them on the shoulder, repeating. And so after a while, you've got this kind of conga line of people behind you that actually get what you do. They might not buy what you do, but at least they understand it and they can tell other people and get more people in your conga line. And the bigger your conga line is, the more your business will kind of thrive, the more you can help people. Even if your business isn't for profit, you still, you know, even if it's not a financial gain that you're looking for, but the more people that know what you do, the more people you can help them, you know. And generally, all the people that we come across have started up their businesses because of a problem and they're solving a problem and they can see a need for it. And so the more people that you tell that to, the more you can do what you're actually supposed to do. Um, People just don't know about you if you don't show up, do they? No. Yeah. And it's hard. So many things get in each other in people's ways. Like, and it's all mindset. It really, really is after a while. Like, I'm no mindset coach. Like, I sit and I can tell you all the strategies and all the everything. But um, I know Rosa will know because I worked. The reason why the agency is 12 months long now, it was nine months long, is because people are really go for it for three months. They're like, yeah, cool. I'll do that. I'll do everything in assess. Month four, everyone burns out, breaks down. Um, because it's hard because it's demanding of your marketing is demanding of your time and it's demanding of your ego and it's demanding of like your you have to give to it 
Mm. So then month four is normally like, no, come on, guys, come on, like feed them sweets. We do competitions, get them going again. And then again, it's five, six, seven, yeah, eight. And they're kind of, and it's every time it's like a good step up, step up, step up. And then month nine, what I found with month nine, when I did it with Rosie's cohort is everyone was kind of buzzing, buzzing, buzzing. And then as soon as I kind of, the program stopped and I peeled away from me every month being like, do it, do it, do it. Then it kind of drops off. Like, obviously there's a, the people like Rosie who just kind of thrive, but there's some people who at that point kind of drop off a bit. So that's why it's 12 months now so that I can unpeel slowly because it's marketing is like, I can sit here and tell you all the fucking strategies. You can go on TikTok and see all the hacks of how to get a thousand billion, billion followers. But the reality is when you're a small micro business owner, it's your, you're putting yourself, your brain, your thoughts into the world and you have to, do it all the time over and over again more than you think you need to and that's yeah. hard there's it's a huge amount of challenges there isn't there like physically mentally emotionally yeah. like all kinds of barriers and I think as you get further into it because you start off and you're excited and you're like oh this is brilliant I can share this message and I can think of a hundred ways to share this same message and then you get so many months in and you're just like oh my god I can't think of any more ways to say the same thing like go and, back and say it again. <laughs> is it is it a hundred ways to say the same thing though, or is it just saying the same thing? Because I I know you've got you maybe have to be a little bit creative with how you present it so that the script for the scroll, let's say, if we're talking social media. Hmm. But for me, it's like with SAS, I mean I made SAS up. Like literally, it's not in the dictionary. It's like SAS for me, self-awareness strategy, creative SAS. That's a whole new word. Something that I regularly do because it makes sense in my head. And sometimes I just assume that it makes sense in other people's heads, mm. but it actually doesn't. Hence the reason why we have copywriters, you know, to take that, make that clarity and make things a little bit clearer. But you say like a hundred ways to say that thing. One of the biggest things for me is just repetition. Keep saying it, keep saying it, be consistent. Mm. But that's when it can get a bit boring because you're like, and and like I think what you just said, which was massive and I circled it, so it must be very important, um, was ego. Mm. So let's talk about that because a lot of people, it, there is the mindset of if I show up, but when you said that, what did you mean by that, Inga? Because I think I I get it, but I think it's really important that, you know. Uh, so if you were employed to do the job that you're doing, you would just do it without thinking about it. But because we're business owners and we're so intertwined emotionally in what we're doing, our egos get in the way and stop us from performing in the way that we should. So I'll often say to people, what would you do? Like, actually, when I take people through guided launches, what would you do if you're employed to do this job? And they were like, well, I'd just go and fucking message everyone about it. Or like, I would just talk about it every day. I'm like, of course you would, because you're not the person that's delivering it. It's not come from you. Mm. So that's what I mean by having to sometimes put your ego aside. And then on the flip side of that, being okay with feedback that might not be the feedback that you want it to be. Um, but just treating yourself like the employee that you should be of your own business. Mm. Yeah. I you're think the director, you know. I think such a good point. Because you're just so worried as well. I think, like you say, what everybody's going to think. You've mm. got to one of those biggest barriers, um, it was for me, was to um, just not give a flying flubry what anybody thought about me and just be like, I'm doing this. In a sense, for me, it was for the greater good of, you know, in my head, as a fairy godmother, I'm helping create all these superheroes to make massive change in the world, right? So we have worked with some of the most phenomenal brands and they are doing all these things. And if you want people to know that you can help them do that, then I'm like, I've got to keep banging on about this. So that's where I'm on about as well with the passion and it, you being feeling quite strongly about what you're doing. So, um, I mean, Rosie, what did you think about the ego thing? I think I think it links back to something that we said earlier um, about, I, I can't remember how we touched on it now, but a thought that popped into my head was talking about failure and when things don't go how you plan them to. And I think that's part of what can hold people back when it comes to marketing their business. Like if I don't get this right, if I don't say the right thing, if I don't get this right, if I don't, if it doesn't sell, if I don't produce the right result, everybody's going to see that. And I put myself out there and it's gone wrong. 
And I think the more we talk about the times when it doesn't go right, and like Inger, I've seen you talk about times when you put something out and it's not gone how you anticipated, and be very open about that. And I think it's really important to do that because it helps on the flip side with putting stuff out there because it makes it feel safe for it to not go how you expected it to. Because the thing is, regardless of how it goes, if it flies, brilliant. If it doesn't, that's fine too, because either way, you can take the learning from that and think, right, now I just know one more thing that doesn't work. Like, this is how not to do it. Um, So I think being more open about things like that, generally across our industry, like all we see is I've made this much on my launch. I've made that much on my launch. I brought these this many people into this course. And we see the glorified side of winning, but we never see the honest side of losing. And I think if we saw more of the honest side of losing, it would it would kind of it would it would set a more realistic expectation of what marketing your business is actually like. Like you're not gonna hit the nail on the head every single time. No. That's fine. But if you do it and you do it. This is also where I say about the ego is that if you, what is failure? Like financial failure of not selling enough things is one element of failure. But then the success underneath that, if you have got out your own way and actually marketed it properly, is that you've got a shit ton of fucking stats to look back on so that this time you can make it better and you can actually look at, am I serving the right market for this? Like all these questions that can come through. Yeah, exactly. Reframe. That's the reframe when there's always something that you've learned from what you made class as a failure. And it's always, what have I learned? What's the lesson? Rosie, you just said a term that that needs to be a post, the honest side of, what did you say? That was so good. Yeah. Write that down because that's two good ones. (laughs) What did I say? (laughs) It was like the honest side of failure or losing. The dishonest side of winning but the honest you know right, I'll, I'll edit this right it's a good job this is recorded <laughs> because you'll be able to go back to that so you come out with an absolute um like philosophy kind of quote and then my one earlier was I've got more creativity than a block of pork <laughs> right so which is a private joke for the listeners because we were talking about creativity yeah, that was off air wasn't it <laughs> that was off air you might have to you might have to uh edit that yeah we hadn't actually press record at that point um so yeah and, and that comes back to what we were talking about at the very beginning is letting yourself have that have that expectation that it might go yeah. I mean, I'm all about losing expectation forget the expectation get rid of expectation altogether but if you just say to yourself you know what if it does it does and I'm okay with that that's fine so we've kind of circled back but there's a there's a line in your bio um Inga that says she credits social media with changing her life for the best okay mm. so to all those people that go social media is really bad social media is wrecking the world social media is doing this I know what I think about this (laughs) (laughs) all right don't hold back (laughs) Rosie I might be listening (laughs) we've just lost half the listeners thanks very much no I'm only joking um Tell us, like, embrace that and tell us, you know. Oh, God, there's no, what are we fucking going to do? Sit on teletext. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so it's, it's a free tool. I remember, like, sitting on the floor in my, I wasn't in a, I was sofa surfing at the time, and Facebook was out. I don't like Facebook anymore, but it was Facebook that I was using at the time. Sitting on my floor, no money, nothing to do. Like, what the but I've got this free tool, Facebook, mm-hmm. like let's actually um, run with it. And then, and it's just, it's a, it's at no cost. As long as you've got a phone, it's a no cost barrier to entry to starting up a business. And I don't think people, people say, oh, I hate social media. It's doing well because they're scared. Like that comes from a place of fear because they don't, it's not work. They don't understand it or they don't, um, they, don't get it or they don't understand how it works and there is a big this I go into um, universities and give lectures now on how you can incorporate it and I'm going into schools to talk to teachers about how the algorithm actually works so that people can understand it because the point is it's not going anywhere it's thriving it's only getting bigger and bigger there are creative um, industries that aren't even imagined yet because of the possibilities of the way that social media is going and all these kind of opportunities are there 
And even if the people who are like, oh, I hate social media, they're still sat on it fucking like seven hours a day when they're doing a poo and a wee. So it's not... (laughs) (laughs) My best story, how long are you spending on the toilet in a day? (laughs) My best stuff happens when I'm sat on my throne. (laughs) (laughs) This is absolute gold. So, I mean, again, you're giving all these nuggets and I'm like, I need to circle back to that. I need to circle back to that. Right. But um, yes, your best creativity can happen when you sat on the throne. I will say that. Mm. But um, so we need to talk about algorithm. We'll come back to that. Yeah. A lot of people, it's just a word. It's a long word that a lot of people can't spell. And yeah. they're like, what do they mean about this algorithm? Who sits? Who is Mr. Algorithm? Right? Algorithm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Algorithm. Um, so there's that. But there's also, I just want to touch on, so the people that think that social media is bad, I I personally, my daughter has had an impact of social media being bad, right? So okay, I can understand that. And there is evidence to prove that obviously there is a negative effect to it. But I think this leads us to algorithm. We have a responsibility because it is an artificial intelligence at the end of the day. We have a responsibility for to put some emotion and lead it to where we want it to be as humans. That mm-hmm. sounds really deep. Yeah, but, no, no, I'm with you. Um, if you want to listen to any more of this, listen to Mo Goda and Stephen Bartlett's podcast, 101 Stephen Bartlett's, and it talks about the artificial um intelligence and the and the algorithm so the way that i heard it was if you watch something on social media um let's say for argument because it was mogoda that said it he said um you or he watched a rock chick playing a rock tune and then it proceeded to show him more rock chicks but they started to get raunchier and raunchier yeah it wasn't the rock chick that he liked it was actually the song that she was playing that he watched mm. so because am i right in, am i right in this in that the artificial intelligence is is that the same as the algorithm yeah yeah that's it yeah yeah, yeah. it kind of thought oh he, mo goes at likes rock chicks mm. <laughs> those rock chicks it didn't choose the theme and the tune that she was playing so therefore it only has so much information so it will show you more of what it thinks yes. you want to see but presumably yeah. that's based on the fact that the majority of people who watched that video watched it for the rock chick and not the music. Well, it's just um, it's because they can't hear the music. It can now, but this will be Stephen Bartlett. One of, like that was a good year or so ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you have to remember that Instagram, Facebook, blah, blah, blah. They're private owned companies. Their job is to keep people in the app for as long as possible because they make more advertisement money for people being on the app. So as much as we, you know, you can understand that we're all business owners. We can understand wanting someone to engage with our product as much as possible. And so to keep someone on the app, this isn't just Instagram, Netflix do it, BBC News, like the algorithms all over the place. They're designed to collect data and feed you back what it guesses will you are interested in to keep you on there as long as possible. Yeah. So um, it's like, but this the social media on TikTok's the most intelligent one around at the moment. But um, the most they they're like fingerprints of your subconscious. So if you this is where the 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 balance. This is what I talk about when I go into schools. So. As much as the um, the like, there are negative effects of social media, and yes, they're coming out. But in terms, if like kind of like a blue light, that kind of stuff, like that's physiological. But the negative effects of um, behavior on social media come from people, and you're always, always, always going to get bad people. Mm. So you have to understand what if you're thinking about your child, for example, what they're looking at, and the ways at which the algorithm can pull them down a thread. Um, and the more people that understand how algorithms work and that it's not this kind of really inherent like secret power, then the more people understand like how what, what's happening and how you can manage it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 There's definitely a certain amount of responsibility, like personal responsibility that goes with that how we how we're interacting with our social media platforms, isn't there? Mm. And if you're getting if if all you're seeing is content that you don't like you're seeing it for a reason because you're in a space where you're engaging with that kind of content so you need to be intentionally yeah and it's hard to say your 
Yeah. I don't think people, I don't think that's common knowledge though, you know. I don't think have... people understand that. No. But think yeah. about it like a real life situation, because it is. The only thing this is what they get away with all the time. They're just platforms for content. So if you took all that content and like put it out in the real world, or all those people, like take your explore feed and literally imagine all those people on the street in front of you. Is that actually the group that you'd want to hang out with? Mm. Not. So then you can start to block, unsubscribe, mute, look at different things. Um, and you can see this kind of, again, like a conga line of people behind like a rock chick going into like shorter shorts, shorter shorts, porn, <laughs> vicious yeah, porn, you know? And that so is. you have to kind of uh, be aware of that. And then I do the flip side on the marketing is like, okay, how can we use this for our business benefits? But there is this massive debate around what education of algorithms. Yeah, it's it's intentional manipulation of algorithms in both directions, isn't it? Like as mm. a consumer, yeah. intentionally manipulating that algorithm to show. And it's not like you can't tell it because every post has an option, like you say block you can tell it like don't show me content like this I'm not interested in this with when you get adverts up you can say don't show me this again like the options are there but we just don't use them for some reason that's education Mm. yeah Yeah. on the flip side of that as a business owner it's manipulation of the algorithm to place yourself in front of people who want your product or your service isn't it and oh yeah definitely yeah, but it's a huge amount of manipulation um, and a huge There's amount of education need needed. Yeah. I mean, don't go on the app when you're feeling shit because you're going to look at shit things. Mm. Like you wouldn't go out socialising when you're feeling shit. So just stay in and watch a comfy movie. Yeah. It is intention. Mm. It is intention it's, because it's, it's like I... Part of my self-awareness is I know when I'm feeling tired, I know there's times when I need, I love this business so much and I literally overdose on it on a regular basis. But I know I know, I also need to step away in order so that I don't burn out and so that I can continue to do what I do. So like one of those things will be every now and again, I will just put myself on the sofa and I just, I need to just watch mindless yeah. stuff. However, I saw the difference in me after I watched Jeffrey Dahmer, oh my goodness, right? Well, and I need to start. I'm not even going to watch. <laughs> well, no. And afterwards, I was like, "Why did I just do that to myself?" Yeah, yeah. I got halfway through the first episode and just left the room because I was like, "This isn't enter. This isn't a documentary. This isn't entertaining." I'm like, "Why am I here?" I read his book when I was younger. I'd read the the book when I was younger. And I mean, you could even argue that because then I was like, have I glorified somebody that's done this kind of thing? Halfway mm. through the film, they actually make you feel sorry for him. And anybody that you speak to, you're like, oh, that messed, messed with your head. But I watched it as well because of the people were watching it in the house. But now, um, and I am intentional about that kind of, I'll be just like, I just double check with myself. Do I actually want to watch this? Because yeah. how am I going to feel? afterwards and if I'm in if I'm in a really good place and I'm not too tired or anything like that I'm like okay I know I know I can take this maybe and watch it if it might be a thriller you know like a BBC drama or something Mm -hmm. like that I'll be like yeah I'm all right with this but I think like you just said it's really really important and it might only seem like a little nugget but if you're feeling shit don't make yourself feel shitter yeah because it sounds like common sense but we tend to do that because it's like we, we follow the crowd and it's like everybody's watching this just yeah. be intentional about that choice yeah that's why I have to take time like I took four weeks off in the in August um I have to because right, I'm on it all the time and it takes about a week and a half for my brain to actually slow down but you just have to remember that like even making that documentary the people making that documentary have a motive everyone who creates yeah. content has a point to of creating it um yeah you can either be a consumer of it or a creator that's what I say to people stop fucking consuming social media create mm-hmm. on social media you want it to be better, better things yeah. yeah have an impact you just said then which again I think is really important because for online we're, we're in a very big heavy online space uh online business space so therefore 
all of us pretty much have our phones in our hand probably 24 7 right it's the first thing it's the last thing of the day um and this is something where three years into my business I am now finding that actually because I am on my phone a lot of the time creating doing whatever I'm doing to simply text somebody back in my family (laughs) I don't want to do that because it's the last thing I want to do because it's part of my phone yeah and I do get a little bit of stick is your only phone all the time but you can't text me back I I get the exact same thing I was sat on the sofa yesterday I think it was and it was like half past five-ish and like I'd noticed I I was on my phone I put it down and then must have been 30 seconds later I picked it up and I'm like I'm just sick of this nothing has happened on my phone in the last 30 seconds nobody's messaged me there's no new notifications like nothing has happened Mm -hmm. why have I picked it up again because it gives dopamine Yeah, it literally is. But there wasn't any. That was why I got sick of myself, because there wasn't any. There was no- nothing had happened. There was nothing yeah. new. Um, and I remembered when Millie was little, before I started my first online business, I used to pick her up from nursery, bring her home, give her a dinner, put her in the bath, play with her a bit, put her to bed, and then think, oh, where's my phone? Oh, it's still in my bag from when I've come home from work, like, three hours ago. And I'm like, that just sounds wonderful now. <laughs> That, but I did, but and so I get sick of myself and I go, right, I'm gonna put my phone in the kitchen. I've got my Apple Watch on. If anybody needs me, my my watch will ring, so I don't need to keep checking it. And it was like an hour later and it was back in my hand, and I was just like, why do why do we do this to ourselves? Why do we do that's just that is like you should bring in an addiction specialist because. (laughs) (laughs) You mean into my life or onto the podcast? (laughs) The podcast. because that's just addiction and that's that's um because we get a dopamine hit when it happens but that's why I say to my um like I actively encourage my clients like turn it off at the weekends yeah and don't because you are like like a go create on the apps don't consume the apps because it's not actually growing your business to be sitting and looking at it yeah every it's literally me just consuming and like if I've got no new emails if I've got no new Instagram or Facebook notifications and I'll just open up TikTok and I'll just mindlessly scroll and then I'm like what am I doing TikTok is your phone down we now know what kind of addiction specialist we need to bring in is <laughs> TikTok addiction um you've just said something there so the question that I think would be for the listeners is turn it off of the weekend mm. right so do you you are going to say this I feel like I've just asked the teacher a really stupid question um right um, take, do you plan all of your content? Because mine is very much spur of the moment. I go. I plan my content. Well, obviously you do. See, I told you it was a stupid question, right? I told you it was a stupid question because as I've said it, I knew what I was saying. Of course you do, right? But I lead from I lead from there and then how that's feeling, and I struggle to create it on like and plan it ahead there is stuff I can and do I can vouch for this because we have a social media manager that handles Joe's content and it's very slapdash wanted to come out of my mouth <laughs> but that's not the right <laughs> phrase at all but it is very much in the moment isn't it it's, for me it's how I feel because and I think this will be for a lot of um I work with heart-led entrepreneurs, so therefore I know that that's how they feel because we come up against this all the time. And there is stuff that we can repurpose, like if we know we're selling something, if we know we've got something coming up. But, you know, and it's still a lot of my words because we are now, I've got three years of content behind me that we can repurpose and we can rechange. So when working with Rosie and some of the stuff that we're doing, um, the reason we're doing that as well is because we work with brands, we're trying to put something in place that will help them manage what they do because they really struggle with their brand sometimes when they first get it. Mm. So it's like we need to help them in that. So we're trialing something in that sense. But I have really struggled with it because I like, I say what I'm feeling at the time and then I can connect with it. So Inga, what do we do in that sense? So um, you're still allowed to. But you're still allowed. I love that. She's gone. You're still allowed. It's all right. (laughs) The point is, the argument there is that 
yes, I, of course I plan my content, but I'm very similar. Like I'll, some days I'm ovulating and I feel on top of the world and I'm like, yes, I'm going to make like four reels. Um, but the point is that you still have to move towards a point and a message. Uh, you could yeah. say, so even if you're feeling like very heart led, I still encourage you to plan at least what the point is so that you're moving your customers through your followers through an actual customer journey. So you're actually marketing. Cause if you're, and I'm not, I don't want to, <laughs> if you're just throwing things out there, what's the point? Cause you're not moving or encouraging someone with your messaging towards like we're businesses at the end of the day. Like we do have to make sales. We do have to do campaigns. We do have to do, um, you know, sign up to my newsletter or whatever. And you can still do whatever you'd like, but I'd love you to have like an overarching like point of the week that you're trying to move the needle towards so that for the people following, there is a constant, it's because it's like tapping someone on the shoulder constantly, 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 constantly. It, it can, sometimes it does just need to be, I'm Jojo, I'm Jojo, I'm Jojo, I'm Jojo, I'm Jojo. Jojo. This is what I think, this is what I think, this is what I think, this is what. But sometimes it does need to be like, I've got a retreat, got a retreat, got a retreat, got a retreat, got a retreat. Yeah. And it doesn't mean selling content, like buy our retreat, buy our retreat, buy our retreat. But it does mean, okay, you're going to be selling the retreat in a month. Let's make, let's let, let's use this month to help people get to the point where they feel, it goes back to that um, queue in the queue with the yep. cocktails. Let's get people sitting and thinking like, do you know what I could really do with some time with other entrepreneurs? So for this month, we're going to make sure that our our message is around spending time with entrepreneurs. Networking. Yeah. So you can say whatever you like on that, as long as the end point is my friends. (laughs) (laughs) And I have to say, I have to say, it has been like, you know, we meet at the beginning of the month and we talk about intention on, you know, what we want to look at and stuff like that. And when you said you're still allowed, I do still get to do that. But it was also hard to like pass over a little bit of the control for anybody that's listening, by the way. It is still a lot of my words. You're not speaking to um, uh, a clone of Jojo. So just so you know, um, because I do, it is important that I do look, I do feel like it's still me in mm. it. Yeah, yeah, it has to be. That's really important. But in the first part of my business, it was all about people getting to know me. So it was, and I think that, I think that's, that's a really important factor that people need to know. It has to be a mix between the two. Yeah. It has to be like who you really are and what you, what you do. Yeah. So it is, it is a balance, isn't it? It is yeah. a balance. So yeah, definitely. how often do you post off the cuff? I'd like to know. Every day, but I have a point of everything that I post. Yeah. So I sit down with my, um, we already have the whole year planned out. So in terms of what we're selling, when, when we're going to be focused on audience growth, which is just whatever the fuck I want to post. And when we're concentrating on um, moving people towards sale. Um, And then I break that down into quarterly um, plans. So they're a little bit more in depth so that I remember, like, I have a thread of theme in my stories, for example, where it's like, you're going to this meeting today, remember to talk about new stories. And I get myself to text myself, like, don't forget to mention these things in your stories. So at least I'm doing what I'm doing, but I can mention it. And then um, every month we sit at the beginning of the month and we say, okay, these are the things that are happening this month. These are the things that we need to make sure we're getting across this month. And so every single day, then we brainstorm around the things that we could say around those things. So for example, at the moment, I'm selling my my planning workshops. (laughs) Um, So we brainstorm all the things that I could say, like not just like what it is, how much is it? but all the kind of things that I want to say around planning. And then I've just got a list of stuff to get through on specific days of say this, this day, say this, this day, say this, this day. Like today's one, for example, is, um, hold the phone. Haven't checked it yet. Um, Entrepreneurship is a responsibility and a decision to stick to your purpose. So I'm going to weave that in. That's the point that I want to make today. I'll do a it's um, tagged up as a carousel because I do also plan the format because carousels and graphics hit more logically, whereas reels hit more emotively. Um, and then I'll sit and I'll be like, okay, cool. That's my point. I know that I need to bring it around planning. What do I feel creatively or a little bit heart led that I could talk about today? 
Did you get that's that planning workshop? Did you get that masterclass? You just had a free masterclass on rhubarb and custard. Me and Rosie were like that. <laughs> yeah, and for the purpose of the listeners, we were both just staring intently and got closer and closer to the screen. Um, I mean, we we are that that is kind of what we're doing, but I do find it hard not to be really emotional to it. But it's really funny you say reels are more emotive. Um, do you know why? Because I'm thinking music, because music is so emotive for me. Oh, God, yeah. It's just cinematography. You go and sit and... Quentin Tarantino is a master art of cinematography. Partner... Go and watch Kill Bill, like, or go and watch any of his other stuff. Like, partner music with movement, and you'll be able to give a message that's worth a million words. Yeah. And that's why reels are more emotive. Yeah. You sit and watch Kill Bill with some sort of clown music on. hits differently. (laughs) Yeah. Totally. And that's one yeah. of the things like with with stories that I do, it's always music because that's how I feel at that moment. Yeah. So, so I feel like we could sit and chat like <laughs> all day, but I feel like I need to bring this. So one of our one of our standard rebub and custard questions mm-hmm. is if you were a dessert, what dessert would you be? Oh millionaire shortbread. Yeah. <laughs> I t- I love a millionaire shortbread. It's got to be like one of my faves. One of my absolute faves. Um, lots of layers. Yeah, lots of layers. It's, it's rich. It's 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 like it's a bit seductive actually, Inga. Oh, <laughs> it's got that lovely layer of caramel, but then it's got that sturdy base. As well. <laughs> You're talking to a patissier, remember? <laughs> <laughs> oh, these are all much better explanations than I was going to say. I was going to say, what was your explanation? <laughs> oh, God. I was going to go biscuit base is basic. <laughs> go on. All right. I was going to do like a lot of it is just like me in a hole is like 80% biscuit, like normal, just trying to crack on with my shit, sturdy. Like five percent was like chocolate, like liking the finer things in life, sandwiched together with sticky toffee because there's like craziness and creativity in that in there. Like I'll go with yours. I like your explanation. (laughs) (laughs) So we've got a millionaire. We're sitting with a millionaire shortbread. Um, I literally I went through so many different um, things for takeaways. Rosie, what was your takeaway for today? Oh, I don't know. The the say yes and figure it out later, like that was a clear takeaway from the start, wasn't it? But I feel like there's been so many more nuggets come to the table since then. So many more nuggets. I think with social media, like the fact that you are in control of what you're looking at, consuming the time you spend on there, all of it, like you are completely in control of that. Um so if you're not liking what you're seeing, if it's not positive, if it's not impacting you positively, uh, then change it. Make a better choice. Mm. You said something, you said um, the fingerprints of your subconscious. Mm. And I was like, oh, that is so, that I love oh, that. If that- you share your phone with someone else and look at their explore feed, you're going to know the inner workings of their brain. Yeah. <laughs> or if you look at your kids once. <laughs> I'm not sure I want to. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to literally top tips for uh, three top tips that you would give to anybody with their own business regarding their social media. I mean, I know. That's oh, my hard. God. OK. Work with Inga. Work with Inga. Work with- <laughs> <laughs> I would say that that's what my top tips would be. <laughs> um, uh, creativity comes in the breaks. I know that everyone will be like, be consistent, post every day. Da, 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 da. Actually, I'll go the opposite. Um, take time off. And when you're taking time off, allow yourself to be think creatively because then your content will come across better. Um, I see it as a pass. So sometimes you're not going to feel like it's like you don't have to make the best fucking content every day. You've just got to make something. Um, and... Oh, I'm going to be really boring and say check your analytics. And I know it's not something very special, but when it comes... That's, to, huh? That's right, though. We need to know this. Yeah, but you don't know where you're going unless you know where you come from. And your analytics don't lie. 
And like you might think that you're churning out the best fucking content ever, but then you go through analytics and everyone actually likes the stuff that you think's average, then make some average stuff. Yeah. And going yeah, viral so isn't everything. To ask how we quickly do that. To check, check analytics. analytics. Yeah. Which ones in particular would you say that you, you want people to look at? Okay. <laughs> Mini masterclass. Right. It's a whole process. First, you want your reach because you want to know as many people as how many people you're actually reaching like reach that's the top of your funnel and then it goes into um content interactions so how many of that reach are actually interacting with what you've got and then look at what they're actually interacting with um and then it goes into profile visits so how many of those content interactions you're actually encouraging into action and then it goes into um follows if you're looking at not followers because you'll lose people all the time positive follows if you're looking at growth or if you're looking at selling then it goes into website taps brilliant it's a whole process and where can everybody come and hang out with you and find you oh on instagram (laughs) (laughs) not facebook no (laughs) you can find me on tiktok yeah i share different kind of stuff on there it's a little bit spicier but um yeah it's all in a (laughs) hunter (laughs) um and if you were to say last one last question i promise if you were to say where you feel it is best for people to go and concentrate their content where would you say because my daughter told me i mean bear in mind she doesn't have a business or anything else but she went mom everybody knows it goes tiktok instagram i think she said she might have said oh youtube i think i agree oh rip don't tell me she's <laughs> if you're so if you're talking like literally right now this year 2022 instagram tiktok youtube and but then for some businesses it's going to be linkedin um if you're talking 2024 tiktok instagram youtube interesting so it's something that's emerging so sorry it, i think this isn't a new question this is an exception <laughs> Part A, part B. So, so if you rewind a few years on Instagram and you had all these people like join, these are the people that have like the big accounts now that joined when it was kind of easy to grow a very big account. Yeah. Is that where TikTok is now? Would yeah. you say? Okay. Yes, because there are more consumers on TikTok than creators. Okay. Um, so if you create on TikTok, you have a big platform. But TikTok is like exploring the going through the explore feed on Instagram. So it's great for audience growth, but it's not great for um, conversion. So try and make people go from your TikTok to your Instagram because the Instagram is the equivalent of Facebook pages these days. So it's a great place to nurture the community that you already have. Yeah. It's harder to grow. Okay. Um, but yeah. Okay. Wow. That makes a lot of sense. I need to get my head around TikTok. It scares me. I, I poke my head through the door and run back out. It's just just creativity on steroids over there. Yeah, no, creativity doesn't bother me. It's the actual, I I need to learn new tech. I've got to learn new buttons. I've got to learn new things. And it's that that I struggle with. And my age does. I think because Instagram, it's easy to hide behind like trending audios and that kind of thing. But maybe it's just my algorithm on TikTok, but TikTok feels more original audio. Yeah. So it feels more because it's like I actually have to show up and say something. I can't just like yeah. try and treat point. it a bit like you would do your stories, I think. To start yeah. off with. Just and I do a lot of stories, so I do feel comfortable in that sense. Yeah. But you have to have a business account because you can get done for using trending. Yes. Uh, what it's if you're selling I heard this yesterday on a TikTok tutorial. Um and also she kept saying, which was really interesting. Um, she was from TikTok, she kept saying, You watch TikTok, you don't consume it or yeah. something you, you watch it it's like tv so yeah you don't go you don't check tiktok you watch tiktok yeah where that's why you spend a good hour on it <laughs> yeah yeah so right oh my goodness i mean how many different nuggets did you get out of that this is one of those episodes that you're gonna have to re-listen to i think to go back through and get all of the nuggets inga you are definitely one of my favorite people in the world <laughs> um, you're gonna make me cry had, 
like I do I have a lot but you are definitely one of them um and I love that we are in this world together and I thank you for all of your gems that you've given us today can't wait to go out and play with you again because we did have the best fun um that is pretty much all we have time for I think we've gone over time but thank you for being here with all of those nuggets we have to ask the question how can people work with you and what have you got coming up well, I think it's the planning workshop that most people need. Because <laughs> um, something we touched on when I've got my planning workshops, I do them at the same kind of time at the end of every year. And it's like planning out the whole year. So it's not telling you what you need, like putting you, boundarying you in a box of your content, but it's working out those things that I was talking about when you're going to sell, when you're going to grow your audience, what kind of themes you're going to do. Um, and it's a two-hour workshop. But there's five opportunities, so it's basically 10, 10 hours because some people it takes them three hours, some people it takes them six hours. So they can cu- you can come to as many of the workshops as you need to make sure you've got your 2023 plan done. And it's only £99 plus that. How much? How much? £99 plus that. That is such a bargain. To well, get I think your- it's really important. Otherwise, you don't know. You need to know. Like a year goes so fucking quickly. It does. It just passed for me, for my yeah. daughter. I've blinked and she's flipping 18. So one year, yes, it definitely does. So £99 and these are online. Yeah. 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 So a an online workshop. And yeah. are you are you there to ask a question to? Oh, yeah, like- yeah. 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 They're not recorded. I'm sitting there doing it with you, walking it through. It's like a workshop. So I'm like, right, 10 minutes. Let's do this. And then everyone's quiet and they do it for 10 minutes. And that's why it will take longer than one workshop, probably. That's why there's more opportunities than one to come. But, yeah. I've literally got my phone in my hand booking in now. Okay. ingahunter.co.uk slash workshops. There we go. And that is how you work with Inga Hunter. And I would definitely highly recommend that. Um, I'm really tempted myself. I need to know when they are. So I, I think I might book onto that as well. Um, yeah. We all need it. And we need somebody. We need, I mean, Inga did stay, stay at the beginning, right, class? I said it was like saying to the teacher. Um, right. Thank you again for this week. It is goodbye from me, Rhubarb. It's goodbye from me, Custard. And goodbye from me, Millionaire Shortbread. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>